Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me? I'll try not to talk too loud because I've got a bit of a loud voice. Uh, just want to start by saying welcome to everyone here, especially all of our guests. I know there's quite a few guests here today. So please just relax. I know it can be a bit strange coming into an atmosphere like this sometimes, but you soon get used to it. So the more you come along, the more you'll get used to it. So come back next week, please, as well. Um, when Simon asked me to do this talk, I said I would as long as I didn't have to do one of them PowerPoints because I'm not very clever, so I don't have any PowerPoints or anything, sorry. We're doing a talk this morning about being born again, about being regenerated. The scripture I'm going to use is... I might need my glasses for this. But... Oh, there it is. Um, it's John 3, verse 1 to 3. If you want to look it up in your Bibles, you can. If not, I'm going to read it out anyway. So, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's the scripture. So I was born again, 13th of December, 1992, 20 plus years ago, when I was just very small, of course, because I'm only in my 30s. I can remember where I was. I can remember what I prayed. I can remember how it happened because it was such an amazing experience that changed my life forever and is still changing my life. I also remember lots of questions being asked by friends and family about my newfound faith, which to be honest, I couldn't really answer these questions at that moment in time. I just knew that something had changed inside of me. One of the questions um, which was asked by my um, sister-in-law, Jan, she asked me, um, are you one of those born-again Christians? Or are you one of those normal Christians? <laughs> and I knew what she meant was, was I one of those happy, clappy, Bible-bashing, over-enthusiastic Christians, which, in fairness, I was, and I still am. The label born-again Christian implies that there are two sorts of Christians, those who are born again and those who aren't. But Jesus doesn't see it that way. He says that if you are not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God at all. He made this very clear. And as Christians, we need to make this very clear as well to people who we're talking to. Um, it was an, a weird statement to make, being born again, because you know you can't go back inside your mother's womb and go through the whole birth again. You know, that's a crazy idea. But this is exactly what Jesus said. If you want to be in God's kingdom, you have to be born again. Or as theologians often say, regenerated. Jesus was saying, you have to be made from scratch by the Spirit of God. The reason why Jesus says such a surprising thing is because he, he has a true understanding of human sinfulness and the size of the problem. He knew that there was and is a massive problem with sin. God is holy, and we are not, 
and no amount of effort on our behalf would make up the difference between us and a holy God. In Romans 3, verse 23 to 24, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So Jesus became the way, the bridge between us and God. Jesus, who is perfect and without sin, took our sin, past, present and future sin. He took it all for us. And he did that on the cross. He died on the cross for us so that we could have a relationship with the Holy God. That is Jesus. And you know what? It was God who sent him for me and God sent him for you as well. When we realise this and acknowledge that this is a truth and just as um, the guy who we just heard the testimony about Alpha, you know, he realised he knew he needed forgiveness in his life. When we acknowledge this and realise and ask for forgiveness and invite Jesus into our lives, that's when we become born again. That's what Jesus was talking to Nicodemus about. So some of you here might not know the good news yet, but um, five weeks ago, me and Stu became grandparents. I know, it's lovely. We've got a lovely grandson called Oliver Toby, which means God is great. It's a Nigerian name. We call him Toby for short. Now, I know we don't look old enough to be grandparents. Everyone keeps saying... <laughs> no, I don't. Stu does because he's bald, but anyway. But we don't look old enough. Maybe people like oh, John and Sue and Irigel use them. They look old enough to be grandparents, don't they? <laughs> Especially John, you know, he looks old enough and he's got plenty of wrinkles. So I, could, I hope you don't listen to this, John. But it was such a privilege and we absolutely love our Toby. He's gorgeous. Now, what I'm going to say next may offend some of you and upset some of you, but my lovely, perfect grandson, Toby, he's not perfect. He is a sinner and was born a sinner like the rest of us. And Toby, too, needs to be born again. It's hard for me to say that, but that is the truth. That is the truth, that Toby also needs to be born again. And Hannah and Chris's parents and us as grandparents and the rest of the church, I know we'll pray for him and we'll guide him until that happens. And I look forward to that day when Toby is born again too. It's easy to understand, I think, as parents, a parent here, you know when you've brought up children, we don't have to um, teach our children to be naughty, do we? It is a very natural thing. They're naturally a naughty. We've got to teach our children to be good and that's because of the sinful nature that they are born with and that we have been born with. King David out of the Bible knew this to be true when he wrote in Psalm 51 verse 5, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. And as I was saying we're all born with this sinful na nature and there's only one person that can change that, and that is Jesus. Sin is ultimately a problem with our being, our very nature. 
So it can only be solved by becoming a new creature, a totally new sort of something. Um, when I was doing this, God reminded me of a picture, an illustration that I heard on an Alva course about a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. Now, a caterpillar first becomes a chrysalis, then metamorphosis takes place. Long word for me to say. I had to look that up in the dictionary. And what it means is a change of form or character. So it's a caterpillar, it becomes a chrysalis, metamorphosis takes place, and then a beautiful butterfly is then created. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 12 too, be transformed. In other words, we are to be like the chrysalis, which changes into a beautiful butterfly. And many of us here are really, we don't like change, do we? We're really scared of change. I've got a joke here. I'm telling you a joke because you're telling you that it is a joke because you might not laugh if I don't. <laughs> so the joke is, two caterpillars sitting on a leaf saw a butterfly passing by. One turned to the other and said, you won't catch me going up in one of those. <laughs> now, funny, not really, is it? Lol. <laughs> and we can so easily fear leaving behind what we know. God does not ask us to leave behind anything that is good, but he asks us to leave behind what isn't good for us. He asks us to get rid of all the rubbish in our lives. And until we leave all that rubbish behind, we can't enjoy like the wonderful things God has for us. As Christians, we've inherited far more, all the riches of Christ. In order to enjoy these treasures, we have to leave behind the rubbish in our lives. So let's choose that today. And I know that even as a church, we've been going through change. And it's been really difficult for us, hasn't it, really? Because people have left who we love and... It's just unsettled us. But do you know what? God is in control. And I think God is saying to us today, don't be fearful that things are changing. Be in faith. And he wants us to just be in faith and to just go with his plan for this church, for our lives. So today, I just want to encourage you, just be in faith, even though it's making you feel unsettled. Be in faith today. 2 Corinthians, uh, verse 5, no, chapter 5, verse 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. And in Ezekiel 36, verse 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And that's what God does with us when we become born again. If you're a Christian here today, you're part of God's complete new creation. You're not simply the old you who has learned to think differently or act differently or feel differently. You are a new creation. And you think and feel and act differently because of who you are. You've been regenerated, made new, born again by the Spirit of God. Just like the chrysalis, let's keep allowing God by his Holy Spirit to keep changing us from the inside out into that beautiful butterfly. And just as I was, I was writing that down, I just felt that God is saying, you know, there's people here today 
who feel so much like that caterpillar, even though they know that they're born again and they're a new creation, they feel stuck in a rut and they feel as though they're just crawling around on the floor. And I just really feel as like um, when Karen was praying over us today, like God really wants to break something in this place today. So even as I'm continuing sharing the rest, please just be prepared just to listen to God and do business with God today. Allow him to change you. I'm going to ask people to come up uh, when I've finished because God wants to change. He might not change our situation. Sometimes we're not in very good situations and he might not change that, but he will change our perspective. And to have your perspective changed is just wonderful. So please just be open right now. If that's you and you feel you're stuck, you feel you're not moving on any further with God, God wants to touch you by his Holy Spirit today and change that situation. Um, I also felt God was just speaking to me about our children and our teenagers and our young adults. And I just feel he would ask the question, you know, are our kids born again? Are your kids born again? Just because we're Christians and we bring our kids to church every week, which is wonderful, doesn't mean that they are born again yet. Just as I was saying, Toby needs to be born again and so do our children. So we need to make it clear to our kids and our, our young people and to each other as well, really, that there is actually, there's a decision and a choice to be made to follow Jesus for themselves. There's a miraculous event that takes place when they make that decision for themselves to become born again. And that needs to be celebrated. You know, it's a celebration that needs to take place. It says in Luke 15, verse 10, I tell you that he's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. I know that it was mentioned earlier that some of our teenagers, when they went to New Day, made that decision to follow Jesus for themselves. And I'd love to celebrate that again today. If that's you, um, teenagers, if you listen, if that's you, if you became a Christian at New Day, when we pray at the end, it'd be great for you to come forward. We're not going to frighten you in any way, but we'd love to pray for you and just celebrate that decision that you've made because it's a wonderful decision, so well done. Um, I've got two daughters, Hannah and Alice, as I've just been talking about Hannah. But Hannah became a Christian when she was seven at Stony Bible Week. I think it was the Super Sevens, was it? The Super Sevens, yay. And that's when Hannah became a Christian. Alice was a bit old. She was about eight, and she was in the bath when it happened. She's never been in the bath since, to be honest. (laughs) Did you go in the shower at New Day, kids? Did anyone see her? No. Anyway, but she was about eight and we prayed together while she was having the bath. And my great-nephew, Saul, this is funny, he was a bit younger, he was only about four, but he needed some extra guidance when he announced to us that Jeremy Simpkins was living in his heart and he was jumping up and down in it because he could feel him jumping. And we just had to give him a little bit of guidance there that it wasn't Jeremy, it was Jesus. But, as Hannah and Alice knew, and Saul knew that something inside of him had changed. And that can happen from a very young age with some of our kids. 
then we've just got to guide them into that relationship, guide them into being baptised, and guide them into being baptised in water, into the Holy Spirit. But it is an amazing event that we need to talk about. I just want to take this opportunity to thank our kids' workers. I know Julie and Jen and Jodie lead a brilliant team, and they do a brilliant job with our children in helping them to make that choice for themselves. So, well done. So I just want to encourage you <coughs> just to keep asking your kids, your young adults, uh, questions about their relationship with God. Uh, Alice phoned me from New Day when she was there to say that she'd bought a new Bible. And I just said to her, do you, do you actually read your Bible like Alice? And she went, yes, I do, you cheeky thing. So well done, Alice, for reading your Bible. But it's okay to ask our kids, are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you using your gifts? It's okay to do that. We cannot Bible bash or pressure our kids into the kingdom. And do you know what? We can't Bible bash anyone into the kingdom. Ask my friends, Kendra and Suey, this morning. I've tried for 20 odd years and they're still not there yet. But maybe I can bash them a bit more today. But it just reassures you that people can't be forced to become Christians. It is a work of God by his Holy Spirit and that just reassures me that you know it's God who chooses I know is, is it Mark he's got written on the back of his top today chosen and it, just when I was looking at it, I thought yeah we're chosen we are chosen by God that's it yeah thank you Mark yeah we are chosen we can't bash people into the kingdom I put pressure but we can ask questions and just let people know that there's a decision and a choice to be made. And I just felt today God wants to reassure us about our children who are adults now, and maybe they're not Christians yet and haven't decided that yet, or maybe they have become Christians but they've walked away from God. And I just feel that God wants to reassure us today that God loves your children, God loves our children, and he'll never, ever give up on them. Never, ever give up on them. And I was just reminded of the um, story in the Bible about the prodigal son. And, it, like, if I've got time to read that out, but basically it's just about a father whose son decided to walk away from him and takes his inheritance, spends it all, he's just hit rock bottom. But God, he comes back to God. He was scared to come back because he thought, what would God think of me? But he came back and God ran to him with his arms open and just said, just come, son, come back. And just when I was talking about, you know, I just feel God's going to bring the prodigals back. But also you might be here this morning, you might be sat here, but in your heart you might feel like a prodigal. You might feel like I feel so far away from God. And do you know what I've done some not very nice things lately and things God wouldn't be proud of but God's saying to you today come back, it's not too late so if you want to make that decision today to come back please come to the forward and we'll pr- forward to the front and we'll pray for you I'm just going to have a drink of water quite emotional today when we talk about these things I just want to share a story really to end with before we pray. 
And um, it's something that happened when I first became a Christian. I think I'd only been a Christian about uh, two years. And me and my sister Pauline at the back, Pauline, wave your hands. We were, um, we had young children then. I think Hannah was about three and maybe Connor was about two. And we used to go, I'd go to Pauline's, for, we used to go all over the place, the mother and toddlers. And um, this particular day we went to one in Billingham. And then after that, we went shopping in Asda, didn't we, as you do. And a couple of paces in front of me, there was this old, old elderly lady, and about Bill's age, very old. And, uh, sorry, Bill. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I know. And she was getting a shopping, and when she went to pay for a shopping, she'd lost a purse. And I could see she was like upset, and I was a couple of paces behind, and I was just going, Bobby, see the lady, see the lady, catch her, catch her, because we could see she was like really upset. And we just knew that was a divine appointment. We call it a divine appointment, which is basically just something that is set up by God. He brings somebody into your life and you into their life at a particular time. We knew this was a divine appointment and we were buzzing because we'd never had one before. Woo-hoo. And so we went and when I went round, Pauline had her arm round. Mandy, she was called. I might get emotional when I tell this story. And we took Mandy to the police station and gave her name and address and everything. And as good stalkers as we are, we listened as she gave her address. It's a bit dangerous really, isn't it? It could have been anyone, but we listened and we got her address. And then that was that. We give her, I think, we give her the bus fare to go home, didn't we? And then we went back and told church, said, look, we really feel that this is from God, this relationship. Um, so the church gave us a pension money that she'd lost. And then we'd remembered her address. Well, Pauline had written it down. Good lass. And then we went and knocked on Mandy's door with the kids. And she remembered us. And we just said, oh, Mandy, the church really wants to... Uh, bless you with your pension money back so we went in and that was the start of a lovely friendship between me and Pauline and Mandy and we would visit her every Thursday I think and we'd take the kids with us and we would just have some lovely conversations with her and she believed in Jesus and had been to church all through her life on and off but she wasn't born again me and Pauline started to pray for her we'd been going a few months by now And this one particular night, I was praying for Mandy at home. And God said to me, when you visit Mandy tomorrow, Mandy's going to become born again. I was like, what? Really? I was buzzing up on Pauline. Pauline, Mandy's going to become born again tomorrow. She went, brilliant. She went, how's that going to happen though? And I went, I think it's us. We're going to have to do it. Which we'd never, like, led anyone to Jesus. We'd never prayed with anyone to become Christians. So we went to Mandy's the next day and I took my uh, my YG's book with me and we talked to her about Jesus and we said um, to Mandy that we believe that, you know, Jesus wants you to ask him into your life today and we'd love to pray with you. And um, she just said, yes, that's wonderful. And something amazing happened. She came, she knelt on the floor like an 83-year-old lady. Bill couldn't kneel on the floor and get back up. But she knelt on the floor and she lifted her hands and we prayed 
for her to become a Christian and she became a Christian there and then and asked Jesus in her life. She was born again at 83. And, yeah. Mm. She started coming to church with us every week and we decided we're going to take her to Stony Bible Week, which was a, a, an event where I think there was about 10,000 Christians went. So we said, would you like to come camping with us? She'd never camped before in her life. So she went, yes, I would. So she asked her daughter. Her daughter requested an appointment with us because she thought she'd joined a cult because these two young girls were taking her camping and she'd never been before. So we, we reassured her daughter that we weren't a cult. You know, we were Christians and we would look after her and she would share a caravan with Pauline. So she came to Stony Bible Week, her first camping expedition, expedition at 83. And we were miles away from the meeting room. But every night, I mean, I think we missed a few meetings, but she went every night. She would just link a couple of people and walk to the meeting for miles. And this one night, we were sat right at the back on the buggy aisle. And we used to always joke that the Holy Spirit didn't go as far back as the buggy, buggy aisle. But he did this night. <laughs> He does really bad, I've been just joking. But we looked at Mandy and she was sat, and she was just sat crying. And she just looked so peaceful, and it was like a glow around her. And then afterwards we said, are you okay, Mandy? She said, yes. She said, I just felt, I seen Jesus, and he came to me and he took me, and he lifted me by my hand, and he's danced me all the way around the room, and we've danced together. And it was the most amazing thing that's happened to me. And, you know, she was, like, filled, baptised with the Holy Spirit that night. And it was just amazing. And then, not long after Stonely, her, her health started to deteriorate, and we, she had to move in with the daughter in mask. We went to visit her a few times, and just before she died, her daughter asked us to go and pray with her and visit her, which we did. And then she passed away and went to the funeral. But... I really wanted to share this story today because I just wanted to, like, just reassure you that God never, ever gives up on anyone. And just like Mandy, she was somebody's child. She was somebody's daughter, somebody's sister, somebody's mother, somebody's grandmother. And God never gave up with her. And I believe that there were people praying for her and that me and Pauline were an answer to their prayers. We were an answer to prayer that we met her. And I think God just wants to say to us today as well, you know, if you've been praying for someone for years and you think it's never going to happen, God never gives up on them. Never, ever. And also, he wants us to be open to these divine appointments because we, and I want us to speak to the young people as well today, don't think you're too young. Me and Pauline were in our... 20s and we were brand new Christians we didn't know very much about the Bible we didn't know much about anything but we had such a passion for Jesus and a passion to share that with everyone because of what he'd done in our lives because we were changed from the inside out and it, it was such an, and still is such an amazing experience for us ignore that <laughs> um, that he used us and could use us. And I just want to challenge you today. Are you passionate? Are you passionate about Jesus today? Or maybe were you passionate and you really feel like, 
actually, it's gone, it's fizzled out. You know, I don't really feel that passionate to want to share it with anyone or to be used. God wants to reignite that today. God wants to give you that passion back because you could be the answer to somebody's prayer for their mother or their grandmother or their brother or their father. And God wants to use us to reach the lost. And God can use any of us. We don't need to know it all. We really don't. He can use us. We just need to want to be used. I'm going to stop there because I think it would be good um, to pray for people now. First of all, before we pray, I'm going to give people a chance here today who aren't Christians to become a Christian, to become born again right now. So I'm going to pray this prayer. This is the prayer I prayed 20 plus years ago to become a Christian. I just prayed it in my front room at home and my life changed. I'm going to pray this. So if we just like to bow our heads and close our eyes, and I'm going to pray this. And if you want to become a Christian today, just say this prayer through. Just really, you know, pray in your heart. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life. I ask that, please forgive me. I ask for forgiveness. I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Amen. Now, if you've prayed that prayer today, it would be good to know about that. I don't want to put anyone on the spot because I know we're all different. But if you have prayed that, please tell the person that's brought you here today or come and speak to me. Or alternatively, when we ask people to come forward for prayer, come forward, we'd love to pray with you. So come forward for prayer. But if you've done that, it, you need to share it because it's when we start sharing it that it comes to life. And, you know, it's such an amazing thing to happen. So if you have prayed that prayer, please come forward for prayer when we ask. Also, if you were one of those young people who became a Christian, New Day, please come forward. We'd love to pray with you. If you're here today and you were like, feel like that caterpillar, you feel like you're just stuck in a rut and you can't move forward, please, we'd love to pray with you today. Also, if you would like divine appointments in your life, you know, God would like to bless you with them. I know God is just, you know, passionate and wanting people to have that passion to share his gospel. So please come forward for that. Or maybe you feel like you just feel filled out. Basically, or everyone can come forward for prayer. We'll, we can sort it out. It's not a problem. Or if you want healing today, as Raj said, um, please come forward. Are you going to do a song, Andy? Yeah. So Andy's going to do a song, and then we're just going to ask people to come forward, and we're going to pray for people. But come in expectation. And young people, young people would love to pray for you 
to be able to tell your friends at school, at college, what Jesus has done for you and is doing in your lives. Okay? Thank you very much.